this week, the last best hope of the market, that the party wasn't really going to end, that the Fed wasn't really going to slam the brakes. Well, friends, that dream ended finally. From what we can tell, the great historic pandemic rally, the greatest single display of central bank largesse in living memory is finally, truly over. But lest we panic in distress, all of this has happened before and will happen again. So what do we do? What are we looking for? And why there just might be some hope in the end. As ever, we are not professionals. We know not what we do. This is not investment advice. Please don't listen to us. But please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. Look at Robert. Robert just joined. It looks like he hasn't slept. That's appropriate. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so here's what I told James. I feel I feel a little bit sanguine. I'm not. I don't feel that bad. I mean, did I wake up this morning and have a panic attack? Maybe I did. No, I didn't really. I'm just kind of. Uh, I'm channeling the mantra of you know, Warren Buffett, because it's clear that ETH and Bitcoin and the like are going to get smoked. It's okay. It's okay. Drawdowns of 50%, 90% par for the course. I'm actually taking a Nunez philosophical approach to this, which is you put it in your 401k, so you wouldn't be tempted to sell it. Maybe you are now, but this is what I told James because Michael Saylor told me this on YouTube which he borrowed from Warren Buffett. And it's, if you're not willing to buy something and hold it for 10 years, then you shouldn't buy it at all. So as I told James, we just got to wait 10 years and let Metcalf's law run its course and crypto will be fine. We're going to yeah. get ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong, but... You might be wrong. <laughs> I might I might be wrong. It might be Dogecoin. That would be funny if it was Dogecoin all along, that that was the bet of the century. Time will yeah. tell. Here's the other thing that makes me sanguine. As, uh, as I look at the S&P chart, all of this has happened before and will happen again. Time is a flat circle. The lesson I, I am taking away from my experience in 2020 is this. As I told James, I'm not Bill Ackman. I'm not an athlete. I don't short things. Can't time it. Don't have the finesse. Maybe you can, Bobby. But uh, I do think we have some history to draw on here as to when you might buy the dip. Because I'm a buy and hold effort. And uh, the time is not now. If you look at the charts, should we get into the charts? A little setup, a little setup on the S&P. So we are tanking below the 200 day moving average. 
we are, hold on, wait for it. We're 8% off the weekly peak from December 31st. That was like the close of the year. Uh, two points of comparison. The last time this happened where you had like a drawdown like that in a short period of time and it dragged us below the 200-day moving average. Technically, I think it happened in June of 2020, but I'm demarcating February of 2020 and October of 2018. So the correction is on. What are we going to see from here? The chart would tell me that we might get another false start like a false buy the dip and then further downside shaping up. If it looks like 2018 to be like a 20 ish percent correction off peak to trough. So it feels like we put the old S and P dog at like 38 to 3,900. If I put my, if I put my hat on what, uh, well, first of all, James dog, what do you think's going on here? I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think you've been all over this and it's, and it's like 2018. What are the parallels in your eyes? Uh, well, you know, there's definitely going to be a, a rate hikes. And I think the political impetus is I think inviting gave the green light. Like I'm getting killed in the polls. Just, you know, stop the party, man. Stop it now. This has to, you know, that's, that's direct uh, line from, from, um, you know, for, from the, the, the federal government to the Fed. And so, and, and you got to sacrifice them. So it's like, I'm willing to sacrifice Wall Street for the everyday person yes. to, um, yeah, so that they don't have you know, kill me on the pole. They probably still will, but he has to do something from now till November. So, to, to build on that point, something like 60% of all Americans own no assets. Let's just say as a shorthand, they don't own any stock. The top 1% owns 70% of the stock, some absurd number. So the average person, as Robert would point out, who's a barista at Starbucks is just, just getting obliterated by inflation. And the polling data suggests that 99% of the House of Representatives will be Republican by November. <laughs> so they got to pull out all the stops because... You're right. The, the everyday person, they're, they're in the struggle bus. So, as a, and again, to extend the analogy, one step further, James, we were all at a house party in Palo Alto. We were having a great time. Robert left early to go to CrossFit the next morning. We stayed a little bit too late because the cops started knocking at the door. But we kind of like knew it was coming, so we didn't get arrested. But there are still people in the house, and they got arrested this week. <laughs> because Joey Biden said, nah, you really got to arrest them because this party's gotten out of hand. It's the last, last mile. Stragglers. Stragglers. The, the, the only thing, the only thing, I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying. The only thing that I feel gets left out is, as you pointed out, most people don't own assets, right? But this party, to play off your analogy, was so big that it attracted people who don't go to parties, which is yeah. why all the art shit, crypto, Dogecoin, all that bullshit got 
as high as it did because people who there was new entrants into the market. And mind you, I, I'm not that old, right? So I can remember all of my trading life. The first time you get exposed to a correction, your balls just like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you so, sell everything at the very bottom. Yeah. At the very bottom. Mm-hmm. So he's right in in looking out for your everyday barista, but over the last year and a half, your everyday barista started dabbling. True. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's a good point. There's like, okay, there's the people that own no assets who in general are just downtrodden, beleaguered, like get no help from the system. It's, it's Lord, Lord of the jungle out there. Then among people that own stocks or assets, there's like billionaires who own 70% of the assets and are so rich. You never see them. The rules don't apply to them. They're basically like super people. We have nothing in common with them. And then there's people like us who are basically retail homies. And then there's the people you're describing who are new retail homies. And, uh, and, uh, ultimately they're the ones that are going to take this correction on the chin worst of all. So, but, but also if I'm guessing, if I'm guessing those people are probably Biden voters. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which means Biden is fucked on inflation and <laughs> fucked on the, uh, on the market coming down anyway. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, I guess what makes this complicated, James, you, you highlighted it. So again, going back to this chart, when we're on the S&P 500, going back to 2018, we're below the 200-day moving average, key technical breakdown. Um, we're in this period where you first get a sharp correction. If you look at the last two patterns, again, there's a false start, a false buy the dip start, and then further pain i feel like the magnitude might resemble 2018 but to robert's point this party this block party was so bad and so gratuitous that it spilled spilled over into your neighbor's house like everyone's upset (laughs) about it and it, it got so out of hand that like half the people that went to this party said i'm never drinking again so I guess, what do you think the range of total peak to trough downside is? I threw out 20%, so it's like 2018. Uh, If that happens, is Jerry just forced to respond? Or Biden, right? Like, you get into this tango now of the stock market corrects too much, then it could affect employment. Or Mm -hmm. they tighten so fast that they incite a double-dip recession, and then the Democrats are right and truly screwed. How you see it? Yeah. I mean, the big danger, and I'm stealing this from real yield, is you don't want to hike into weakness, and there's a big chance of that. And, you know, there's other geopolitical stuff going on, whatever, Ukraine, there's, the chi- there's going to be a China slowdown. And so all these things are coming to a head, and you can't really, you know, it's hard to navigate through this. I think the Fed's going to, going to probably do it slowly. I think people are calling for, you know, half of, Percent, you know, half a percent, but really, I think, you know, 0.25 is, is reasonable. And you'll probably start in March and, you know, telegraph it and then see what happens there. But, um, 
yeah, that's, that's the danger. I mean, everyone's calling for four hikes now, but you definitely are now risking the double dip. And so now they, they, they've fucked themselves because they should have been doing this last year. So it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So if you, uh, cause, cause again, the smart money is, has already booked their shorts, right. Or is, has started shorting the market this week. Um, the Bill Ackman types of the world. And then smart money will also buy the bottom as they did the last time around. Uh, what do we look for? Oh, chart master Robert potentially looking for over the next several weeks, couple months to help gauge what is the bottom in or like, do we look for validation that again, there's probably gonna be a false start and then a further correction. Do we kind of just wait for, you know, the bottom to hit and then a rip higher, but you kind of have to wait for the second rip higher. I don't know. It's impossible to tell, but you're my chart master. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the chart that you sent calling for 20% makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and especially given how high interest rates have moved and then how quickly they corrected. And the fact that even as they came down, tech still got killed tells me, I mean, that 20% feels right. Yeah. Ultimately, Here's, here's, here's where I stand. Uh, I'm basically out of money, so I can't exactly buy at the bottom, right? Because it's all, it's all deployed. Uh, but if you're trying to put in new money, you got to wait a few days, even if you have like two, three days of, of you know, a rev higher. Like you oh, can't no, no, no. That's not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a false start here, for sure. Not now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as far as calling for an absolute bottom, I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't try, but, uh, 3,900, 3,800 feels about right. Mind you. And the the problem, really the problem I'm saying is every day things look more and more appealing today. Amazon closed at 2,800. Netflix got obliterated. (laughs) Absolutely obliterated. Like Amazon, Amazon at one and a half trillion, 1.4 trillion. That makes sense, yeah. right? Because although their EPS isn't that high, it's not, it's not that high because they spend a ton on unnecessary shit. Like if they wanted to, they could very well, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of these things look interesting, but if you buy it every time something looks interesting, you're going to run out of money very quickly. Bitcoin looked interesting at 43. Yeah. Now yeah. it's at 38. I took the bait on that. Walked right <laughs> into it. Now it's at 38, so... Yeah, I bought Amazon at 31. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, but it is, it is, this is, it's wild that, like, I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, which always is, makes everything look stark. uh, Yeah, it's all, the whole, the whole game is just the macro context of monetary fiscal is it accommodative? It's again, there was just free cocaine everywhere and it's no longer there. And now we're all sober and we don't like ourselves and I'm tired. Uh, and it's really just, there is a liquidity bonanza 
rates went negative, deeply negative in real terms. Uh, so the, the, really, it's the whole game is central bank policy and counter response. You know, loosening conditions, tightening conditions, watching the market fall apart, and then uh, ultimately, probably having to backtrack is usually the pattern. Uh, and then within that, you just have like, arbit not arbitrary, but somewhat arbitrary sector rotation. But what really drives the indices is just the central banks. There's no other thing, is there? Earnings, come on. Multiples, nothing. Irrelevant. I mean, that's how they got out of 20, 2018, right? The way that kind of resolved itself was in 2019, right? Jerry was like, just kidding, guys. Not, we're, not, we're not doing hikes. And then, and then everyone started buying again. I didn't believe it until it was a little bit too late. But yeah, so I don't know what the out is this time. But we'll, we'll just have to see. That's what. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, what is a potential, you made the point on real yield, like tightening into weakness. What's the signal that the Fed gets that says, hey, actually, like, we've done the tightening. Let's say they do March tightening. I'm making it up. They do two rate hikes. And then, I don't know, they get PMI data or some macroeconomic indicators like, oh, actually, uh, growth is going to be dog shit in the second half. Is that what prevents them from doing the third and the fourth? I'm making that up, but something like that. Yeah, something like that. And then, and then inflation should naturally go down. I mean, unless you get, I don't think you'll get stagflation. That, that's going to be hard to, to do, but yeah, you'll have... You know, you'll hopefully get down to like a you know three-handle inflation, and I think then things kind of normalize a little bit, and then people might start coming in. Well, here's the other thing that's different, right? 2020, you get a smash correction because everyone thought the world was ending, and then the rip higher was really just the balance sheet and the money printing machine going on overdrive immediately but what happens if you get a correction because we have a rate hike and tightening and the fed isn't it's not like the fed is going to grow its balance sheet again because that's that's kind of like off the table so possibly we chop sideways after the correction at least in the first half that's plausible right yeah mm -hmm. Good stuff. So how low, Robert, how low will Bitcoin go? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> look, I've, I've been caught on the bottom for the last $50,000. So <laughs> these, charts, these charts look awful. I'll, I'll grant you that. These, these don't look very promising. Like, there's actually a bottom. Well, I think it's a it's it feels like a lock that at, since we busted through forty thousand on the downside, gonna thirty thousand is the next level, right? That that seems self evident at this point. I don't know what that analog is for ETH, James, but something bad. <laughs> yeah, two thousand. Two thousand. It's probably back to July, right? <laughs> We're back to that point where we should. And then I guess if it breaks the July lows, maybe that's a real. Yeah, I think that's ominous. the. Yeah. 
that's the point of yeah when was it yeah you're right like right in the middle of july it was kind of it was it was the bottom in 2021 anyway you know one thing also that is like that makes it even worse is actually uh i forget who made this point on twitter but uh bitcoin and eth have like these illiquidity dynamics meaning like more and more bitcoin gets locked up by whales and holdalers so there's like less less supply and eth has like the the burn factor where they're burning eth on the run up to 2.0 and staking so actually they would be significantly worse if you were in this like ill illiquid like supply context it's like so the supply side has like never been a more promising picture for both tokens but demand for retail basically just like fell apart in the second half of 2021 and, and is gone from the world. Basically, uh, what Robert said about retail. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the chart of uh, Bitcoin right now. 36 and change. It's not, not great. Uh, but there is something called an unfilled gap Right, and that's when you have like such an enormous, like immediate spike, and it will at some point close back to that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that spike happened below twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So since what is this 2020, 2020 we were sub twenty thousand, and then there was a crazy ass spike, and we've oscillated in a downward trend. So I wouldn't put it, I would not rule out 20,000 Bitcoin. I think that's very, very plausible. And uh, another way of getting there that I've been plagiarizing is like, I think 20,000, somewhere in the 20,000 range is like the cost basis of the Bitcoin universe. It's like right there, somewhere, somewhere in the low 20s. Oh, the whole thing about uh, half the people who got into Bitcoin did it last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you basically you have like a small population of like oracles and insane people that have been in there the whole time and like have made so much money that they can actually like accumulate more and more Bitcoin over time into weakness. They're obviously like their cost basis is comically low. Yeah, and then you have retail search, me, this guy. But, uh, you know, here's the other thing, James. Is, uh, so, Kathy uh, will not survive, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. She'll survive in some form. But, like, the barbarians are at the gates. But uh, the other thing I thought to myself is, as I've become more sanguine, I'm like, at some point in 2022, it might look appetizing again when the ARK Innovation Fund is $7. <laughs> I mean, I think 40, 40 is in the cards for the Innovation Fund, which is like where it was before the Bonanza. But uh, but they, ARK and crypto, they're correlated. Like they saw the same thing. Swamp of inflows in the first qu- into the first quarter of 2021. And 
now it's falling into the sea. But they don't have the illiquidity supply side guardrail that crypto has, unfortunately. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I'm still I mean, hanging on to my hundred shares. I support you. Edit. I still I still have edit, by the way. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta keep some genomes in there. Yeah, I, I even I even bought more Invite at like eleven or something, even though my first tranche was at like fifty. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I had been sanguine up to this point because I was uh, short calls against my long positions. So like when Apple was at 175, I sold the 165 call. Uh-huh. So I had protection. Same with like uh, Facebook. I, I was short the 325s, but like this past week, we just went so far beyond that that yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point, all the protection I had is gone. So yeah, yeah now, now it's actually concerning. And uh, if you're conducting your affairs without protection, it tends to lead to disease and unwanted pregnancy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I had been sanguine up to this point, but now, now things are getting real. I mean, here, but here's here's the parting thought. Uh, I'm this is I'm stealing this from Real Vision. Uh, if you owned Amazon for ten years, even going back to I think as recently as like 2011, so a little more than a decade, uh, it was still like correcting by over half at intervals like even back then i think it was only 170 dollars so on the price according to metcast law bitcoin would be undervalued even if you bought it today at sixty thousand dollars because it's really worth a million dollars so uh it's gonna be fine just bury your head in the sand and uh watch some nfl games this weekend and maybe maybe actually work a little. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think. Now now people are calling for like, hey, all the people that got the free stimmies in 2021 and put it into the stock market. Now that the correction is on, they have to go back to work. Labor shortage solved. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Deflationary. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, I'll, I'll see you next week when we're down another 10%. Actually, next week next week might be the, the false positive. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's actually probably a while. All right. All right, guys. See you guys. Yeah.